Welcome to the Sisters on the Front Lines podcast, where we unite with Christ to combat the shame surrounding young women struggling with pornography and share our stories and insights to gather more tools and weapons to fortify our stance on the front lines in the war against pornography. All right, welcome to this next episode of the Sisters on the Front Lines podcast. I just have to let you know my guest about about 10 seconds before I started recording goes, this is going to suck. So hopefully it doesn't suck. <laughs> no, I'm so excited for my guest today, though. I have known her for a long time, 14 years to be specific, and she is also 14 years old. This is my sister. Her name is Finley. So I'll just have you kind of introduce yourself and what you like to do for fun and all of that jazz. And then, yeah, then we'll dive in. Okay, sick. Thank you. So I'm Finley. I'm 14 year old, years old, like she said. I like to go to the gym and just like hang out with friends, do art sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I love it. She's pretty jacked and she's very good at art, so... Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited for this one. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, so this is my younger sister, and then I have one older brother. So we just come from a family of five, and yeah. So anyway, she's in eighth grade now, so super cool. Okay, so we will just dive right in, I guess. So Finley, just start us off. Like, when did when did pornography start for you, and like, what did that look like? So when I first viewed it I was 11 years old and at the time I didn't have the technology to continue viewing it so I think it was just a one-time thing until like when I was 13 I got like a phone and that I continued to view it okay so how did you first like come across it how did you first find it just like on YouTube I think okay Okay, so I'm curious, like, this is such a unique perspective that I think hasn't really been told before, like, from someone who is literally 14 years old. Like, this is prime age for Satan to attack you (laughs) (laughs) because it's such a hard point in your life because, I mean, middle school, man, like, come on (laughs) like every everyone is struggling with like their identity with like their self-esteem and just understanding who they are and so if satan can take that at that age and then just twist it then like boom like he has got you in his grasp and so i mean i guess just first off i think it's very cool that you agreed to come on and i actually want to ask like what what made you actually want to come on? Like, and what were the feelings that you had before? Because, I mean, we were just talking like literally five minutes ago and you're like, I'm so scared. Um, <laughs> but yeah, how are you feeling about coming on and, and why? I'm pretty nervous, not gonna lie. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm just like a random 14 year old girl talking about this, which needs to be talked about. Like, I felt like, like not very many people talk about that this especially at my age it's like super awkward topic but I felt like I needed to like talk about it because I know somewhere 
someone's listening to this and they will they will get the help that they need from this yeah yeah I like it okay so you said it was like kind of awkward like what are your conversations about that look like like at school with your friends like what does that kind of look like I guess at home what does that look like because I'm not there Um, anymore well at school we don't we talk about it like a little bit in health class like not very much but it's mostly from like the guy perspective which I'm not saying that like that doesn't need to be talked about it definitely does but like they don't really talk about like girls viewing pornography mm-hmm. and so you have heard in health class about guys viewing pornography and about that being a problem yes okay okay but you were saying the girl's side, it's not really talked about, right? Yeah. Okay. And then you said, like, this was interesting, and I want you to talk about this. You said that Fight the New Drug came and presented. Tell me about that experience and about, like, with your friends and stuff. Okay. So, yeah, Fight the New Drug came, and, like, we went to assembly, and I had, like, one of my friends, like, kind of, like, lean over to me, and she's like, what even is porn? Like, some people don't even know. And even before the assembly, my friends were like, oh, this is going to be, like, the most uncomfortable... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uncomfortable assembly. (laughs) And I don't know. So it just felt super awkward for, like, everyone. And they're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Was there any change in that? Like, afterwards, did people feel a little less awkward with it? Or they're just like, okay, we got this over with. Let's never talk about it again. (laughs) Yeah, kind (laughs) of. Like, I mean, I feel like kids these days, don't they don't really care about, like, assemblies. (laughs) If someone comes talk to to come talk to school like they're just like oh it's another one of these inspirational (laughs) talks (laughs) really that's so interesting that's funny kids these days (laughs) (laughs) so you said that you found it on youtube and did any other social media like play a part in it because here's the thing is like dude it is literally impossible to not see it on social media nowadays like it does not matter if you are following like every single jesus account ever it will somehow creep its way in and like yeah i know that to be true and so it's so hard because then everyone like they see it even if they're trying their best to avoid it and then they're like oh my gosh i'm the only one like i'm just so gross that was probably on my feed because they know i'm a dirty gross person you know and it's like no, like, literally everyone is yeah. being, like, bombarded by it. Why are we not Why are we not talking about it? So, yeah, anyway, I just asked that question to say, like, were there any other social medias that played a part in it? So, like, when I was, like, 11, when I first saw it, it was, like, on YouTube. But, like, when I'm 13, I mostly saw it on Pinterest which is kind of weird <laughs> oh interesting yeah oh yeah and then we were talking yesterday and you said that it was more of like the written stuff for you right yes okay yeah so me too and which is super interesting and like that's way more common for girls this is actually 
Okay, this is cool. I want to share this on this podcast. We were in an unalone club meeting the other day. This was like last week, and it was a Q and A with Jeff Stewart. Stewart, Stewart, Stewart. You should keep that in. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we were in an unalone club meeting with Jeff Stewart or Stirrer. I don't know how you say it, but. I we were doing like a Q&A and I just asked him I was like so why is it different for women because as I've talked to so many women about it like there are some that it is like the the videos and the images and like the more visual side but then I've also heard like yeah I like that's not a that's not really appealing to me it was all just the the stories and the written stuff and because that's like my experience and he said women's sexual response is more contextual Men go straight from stimulus to arousal, and women go from arousal to stimulus. And that was so interesting. And so I was like, well, why? Like, why is that? And he said that women's women's response is a decision. Like, we need the context and the story behind it because it involves, like, that development of a relationship. And that's because evolutionarily, sex is more risky for women. And so we are just designed and programmed to be scanning and evaluating those trust factors because we have the risk of like you know getting pregnant and guys don't have to worry about that so it was just interesting I don't know I just think that's super interesting like that's why because I had always wondered that okay so I'm curious because we grew up obviously in the same household with the same parents and I'm sure you would agree our parents are awesome And I think we have grown up in a household that's a lot more open than a lot of households. Like, I've kind of realized that, especially in, like, LDS culture. Yeah. And with that stuff about, like, sexuality and stuff, which I have loved. And I think it's it's been so awesome. But I also think that that's kind of interesting to look at and say, wow, like, we grew up in a family that was super open about it. And we literally knew what their reaction would be if we came and told them about this. And yet it was still so scary, you know, to even talk about it. And like, I mean, I read this on the first podcast, but like the there is only war text. Like I heard that before I told my parents and it still took me so long to tell them. I knew that they would both have a good loving reaction and they did both have a good loving reaction, but it just took long. And so anyway, all of this to say, like we grew up with the same parents. I'm curious, what has your experience been like? What can you remember about conversations about sex and pornography and stuff like that in our house? And what does that look like now? So I actually didn't really get like the talk because they already really? knew that <laughs> that I knew what that was because I think it was just like a little late for them to come to that. So <laughs> I, I didn't really get that talk. <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. interesting. <laughs> have you, and this is m- more just, I'm curious, so we don't have to keep this in if you don't want, but have you talked to them about this at all? Or no? <laughs> Literally not at all today i told mom that i have a podcast at 5 15 so i couldn't like do some and and she's like what like a podcast with maddie and she's like oh so like nobody knew oh my gosh (laughs) you're literally the second person that i've told awesome and then we go to the podcast (laughs) let's go 
<laughs> second and then cross off a couple hundred on the list yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically so then he was go bigger go home yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah so let me just get done with this podcast and then i'll go tell, tell my parents yeah basically <laughs> Awesome. That's actually what Savannah did on episode three. That's after we recorded the podcast because she went and recorded it in her car. And then she was like, I think I'm going to go tell him. And I was like, heck yeah, dude. And like, so it. I think it ended up being a good experience for her. Anyway, it was super cool. I'm very happy that like those conversations are happening. But anyway. Okay. So you said that I'm the second person you told You've already told me this story, but I want the listeners to hear who was the first person that you told and what was that experience like? So I first told my cousin and I think it was just like a brief little talk because she kind of asked like, like what you were doing on the podcast. And I told her that I might go on one of the podcasts and she's like, oh, you have an experience with porn. I'm like, yeah, like, let me tell you bit about it and so yeah and I told her like how I like stopped and just had a good conversation that's good so it ended up being a positive thing like what was her reaction so I told her that like like I've I stopped at like this period in time to like this period she's like I'm so proud of you it was just really positive call That's so awesome. I love it. So what what period of time was that? And then I guess kind of lead into where are you at now in your recovery process? Okay. So I think that was like in February. That call was in February. And I told her <clears throat> mm-hmm. that I stopped like sometime in February, like or, or late January. But honestly i i did try to stop but they were just like it kept on coming up in like social media and like i kept on watching it so Mm -hmm. i decided to like not count that so recently for like the past month i think i've been like clean or like so yeah whatever you want to call it i know there's not a good there's not a good yeah, there's not a good word for it because I hate saying that like, oh, I've been clean for this yeah. long because I feel like then it implies that I'm some disgusting person when I am struggling with it. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, I get what you're saying. You haven't like struggled with it or viewed it for. Did you say like a month or so? Yeah, a month. Okay, super cool. Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. So, what what was the what was the switch? Like, what's different about this mo- month versus the month before the couple months or years before I don't know it was kind of random not gonna lie like I don't think it was my part I think it was mostly God because this like past month I've been like super happy and super like happy with my body image and been going to the gym a lot and I think I would just mostly view it when I was bored and mm-hmm so, like, I've been pretty busy this month, and which I guess led to that. It was kind of like yeah. just a surprising thing. Like, I just realized, oh, I haven't viewed this in <laughs> like forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And like, there's 
I, I've probably said it on here before, but there's a quote that's like, Satan chooses his disciples when they're idle and Jesus chooses his disciples when they're at work. And I love that quote because I think it's so true. Like I've also noticed like I have to, like I think before, I've actually been thinking about this a lot. I think before I had to always keep a busy schedule because that way I could avoid all of the emotions (laughs) that I was feeling (laughs) and I would always be preoccupied with something. And I mean, I got a lot done, but was I very happy? No. (laughs) But I think now it's been super cool because I am like just as busy as I was before. I mean, it is with different things like doing stuff like this is so much more fulfilling than just doing like homework. But (laughs) but it's been like interesting because I'm staying just as busy and I see the importance of being busy but it's for a different reason now. And I'm totally allowing myself to feel like, to feel whatever I'm feeling, you know, like if I am feeling stressed, if I'm feeling angry, whatever, like I'm no longer just seeing those emotions. Okay. So you talked about how this month is different from last month because like you've stayed super busy and stuff, but what happens in the next couple months or in the summer or whatever, when you're not as busy and you get bored what happens then i don't know <laughs> hopefully not a relapse <laughs> yeah i don't i don't it's know okay it's okay to not know it's okay i was reading this i was reading in atomic habits and he he talked about he had this quote and i have been thinking about it for so long and it says the people with the most self-control have to use it the least and I was like what I was like hang on and so I've been thinking about it so much and I actually like today learned something new about it I feel like I don't know I've always wanted to be able to say that I have good self-control or whatever but then as I heard that I was like wait he's so right he's so right because I like I just fill up my schedule, but it's like I fill it up with, I don't know, I feel like worthwhile things and things that I try to like tie into my values, like family and friends and school and whatever, and like trying to balance all that. But it was so interesting because I was like, man, okay, let me think of all the times when when I have like fallen back into that habit with pornography. And a lot of times it came after like multiple hours of me just like being on my phone and like scrolling social media and stuff. And when I didn't have like a plan or a schedule for the day. Anyway, I just, yeah, I I thought that was interesting. And now I'm kind of trying to figure out a way to not fill up my schedule to avoid my emotions, but fill it up and schedule time like to to actually like feel everything that I'm feeling because I think that that allows us to progress a lot faster but anyway I just yeah it's also okay to just not know so don't feel super a ton of pressure about that okay so you said you talked to our cousin Mm -hmm. what was like what flipped the switch what got you to finally talk to someone I think I really I realized that like if, like, I'm actually thinking of, like, going on this podcast that, like, I need to have, like, a, like a stable conversation about it first, you know? Mm. Yeah, I like that. 
just have the one conversation and then tell the whole earth. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's awesome though. So, how would you say, like, how, do you think that your relationship with Christ has grown because you've struggled with this, or have you gotten further away from Christ, or like, like who is He to you? Oh, one hundred percent grown. I mean, like. I feel like it's kind of weird. Like, while you're viewing pornography, it's kind of like a blur. But, like, then the next day you can just go to church just regularly. Which is, like, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. But, like, while I was viewing it, I kind of felt empty and didn't really, like, understand or, like, take the lessons that I was learning in church into meaning and like full context and stuff you know mm-hmm. yeah but like recently I feel like I've been like way more like focused you know mm. which is kind of weird yeah no that's not weird that's actually like makes a lot of sense <laughs> it's hard because I think a lot of times when we struggle with pornography we feel like we're living a double life you know? And so, and so I feel like a lot of times we look at that and we're like, okay, the way to, the way to get, you know, stop living that double life is just to completely not acknowledge the, the double life of pornography. If you know what I mean, like you have those two separate lives and you're like, oh, I'm just going to completely ignore that. And that can't be part of my life. And they're so completely separate. And then that separates your entire like sexuality. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, the fact that you would ever feel those things, you're like, no, sex equals bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like, and, like, it's just, it's, I just know that it's going to be so, so good for you to have these realizations that, like, hey, actually, like, that's a part of me. And I'm sure it's not going to be, like, it doesn't need to be this huge part of you at, like, 14. But just to understand that, like, oh, actually, like, this is literally just a part of, like, human development, me feeling these feelings, like, and it's just a matter of, like, finding finding a good like outlet for that you know and like understanding them and anyway I just think that's super interesting because like the answer is not to just completely eliminate that double life or whatever the answer is like like self-actualization and actually like feeling comfortable with every single part of yourself and that takes a lot of work and that's not like a one and done thing but Mm -hmm. I just think that you understanding this from such a young age is like so cool and so <laughs> important. Let's see. So do you? So you? You said you feel like you're more more focused. Has it just been the absence of pornography that has made you more focused, or are there steps that you're taking, or different things that you're doing differently that are helping you? Definitely. When I was viewing pornography, I would come home from school eat a snack, and then go on social media, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, I I wouldn't even really do my homework when I got home. Sometimes I wouldn't even work out or, like, anything, but now I feel like I've had such more productive days, like, Mm. like, I'm doing my schoolwork, like, going to the gym regularly, and, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it just helps to... Yeah, you're just in those habits and have those routines. I think that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Have you had any experience with like church leaders with this or with adults or anything like with conversations around this? Yeah. I mean, 
not really like I feel like okay. especially in church they don't really talk about it and at home like since you do these podcasts and stuff I feel like it's a regular conversation <laughs> right mm-hmm. now so like I don't really tell my story at home mm-hmm. you know I'm just like aware of it yeah would there be something like if this whole podcast thing hadn't happened what do you think would be the change for you to actually start talking about your story if I was completely out of the picture. I don't know. I would probably tell my, like, one of my close friends. But, like, I don't know if I would tell the family. I don't know. I just, like, really haven't ever been good at telling, our like, the family anything. Yeah. So you mean if the kids aren't coming to their parents yet, it's not 100% the parents' fault? Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> so it's for any parents listening. Our, yeah, it's not our parents' fault. It's- yeah. Amen. Amen. I think a lot of parents are way too hard on themselves about those things. And I mean, I'm not a parent, but yeah, that would kind of suck to have to be so patient <laughs> with that. But I think that that sometimes is just what the kid needs and just needs a cheerleader and I think that like both me and Finley when we were slash are (laughs) ready to like talk to our parents about it like I think that it's super important that we know that there's like a welcoming and open environment and that's what's going to get us to finally you know talk about it so anyway yeah just to parents listening you're doing you're doing fine (laughs) um mm -hmm. okay so this one is kind of a little intense. So just answer to your level of comfort. If you don't want to answer, it's fine. But what did you feel before, during, and then after viewing pornography? Before, I honestly felt like, like definitely when I started viewing pornography is just out of curiosity, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, I think when I would like, like normally view it, I think I was just feeling like very insecure and like kind of empty you know mm. and then during like while I was viewing it I like felt pleasure because of the dopamine and I don't know I knew that it was wrong while I was viewing it but I was still viewing it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but after I would definitely feel guilty because, like, like I knew that I wasn't going to be happy with myself and, like, I just didn't feel good about myself after. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. That was a struggle. It's okay. I'm good. That was really good. Yeah. First off, like, that makes me sad to hear that, like, because, yeah, I get that feeling of not... You just don't feel good about yourself and you feel like you're a bad person and stuff. So I'm sorry about that. I think I want to dive into the last two questions now. Unless you have something that you want to add. Let's dive in! (laughs) So I think this one, man, this one is going to be super real because the other people I've had on the podcast, I asked them like, okay, what would you say to yourself like, like five years ago or what would you say to yourself seven years ago when when you were 
struggling to that like little girl but I just kind of want to ask you like what would what do you want to say to yourself at 11 and also what do you want to say to yourself like now because you're still because there's still just so much that that you get to learn so yeah I feel like I would definitely tell myself that like it's normal and like everyone goes through it and like I'm not alone and like now like I know like the war isn't over you know and there definitely will be times that I will go through it again but yeah I feel like just like don't bring yourself down as much you know yeah yeah what do you mean like clarify more of what you mean by it's normal like everyone at my age like figuring themselves out and a bunch of people go through this like you don't just have to hide it you know you don't have to go through it alone there's definitely a ton of other people who have like experiences like you and you can just I don't know you can go get help yeah yeah I I really like that and you said that you feel like the war isn't over and you feel like you are going to struggle with this again so you feel like you haven't fully overcome it can you like dive into that a little bit more like why Um, and well I don't know I just like feel like I'm so young and I feel like I will have those times where I'm just like bored in my room on my phone and I just like that pops up on social media and I feel like Mm -hmm. I mean like the war is never over you can still view it as like a 30 year old or like it's never over for you hmm what do you mean by that though like like you feel like it's inevitable that this is going to be something that you're going to struggle with again. I mean, I honestly hope not, but if it does come up, then yes. Like do you f- do you still feel trapped by it? Like are you more just like this past month has been super busy, but you're just waiting for that time when you're bored day after day again and you just like you're like well you know what like that's just what happens it's just gonna slip back back in like does that sound right oh like I feel like I've come like to accept it like especially like being on this podcast was like a big step but like I don't I don't think I will go through it again but like you said in your first podcast like preparing like you went through it even though you were like trying to like get information to stop it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's true and I mean like I don't know I I worry that I don't know I worry that that people might have heard that and said well I mean if she is doing this work and still struggling with it then it's just hopeless for me And I hope that that isn't the message that came across. I actually think that it's the complete opposite, that 
hey, like, she can actually do all of, like, this and talk so openly about it and still struggle with it. And as I have, like, implemented and been super curious about why I have the feelings and stuff, like, I just haven't really gotten them, like, at all for the past little bit. And so there is absolutely hope. And it does come less and less as you put in that effort to to like understand why it's happening but yeah I I don't ever want you to feel like it's something that you have to struggle with for the rest of your life like I hate the saying once an addict always an addict like that is just so untrue and saying things like that just puts into the people people's mind that like yeah you do have to like this is just your fate sorry but it's so not true and it's so not at all what the gospel and the atonement teaches like we are so we are literally sent here to fail and to change and to learn and so I think it's super good that what you're doing right now is like being cautious and saying like hey yeah I've been clean for a month or clean or whatever the word is I haven't struggled with it for a month but I see it as a very real possibility of like coming up and trying to enter my life again but I don't think that you have to play into the the dialogue that it will happen again, you know? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to happen again because there's a ton of tools and ways that you can prevent it from happening again. But I, yeah, I do think it is very good to be conscious of, like, like, okay, I, it, just because I've, like, gone a month doesn't mean that, like, it can't come up again. And yeah, I have a hard time putting that into words, honestly, but I hope you can kind of get what I'm saying. Like, that's such a mess of, okay, you know what? I wrote the, I wrote down the words in my Instagram. It says, knowing that the adversary could attack at any time should not push us to live in constant fear, but with constant confidence. And I do want to read this to you because I think that this applies to like exactly kind of where you are. It says, what's scarier than going to war? going to war with no battle plan. No war has ever been won by only hoping that the other side would not attack. We cannot reasonably reasonably expect to win a war we have no plan for. Lucky for us, we have access to the only war plan in history that has a guaranteed outcome. Wars are won battle by battle, day by day, minute by minute, and failure by failure. Pornography is combated battle by battle, day by day, minute by by minute, and failure by failure. Knowing that the adversary could attack at any time should not push us to live in constant fear, but with constant confidence. Expect adversity, prepare for the inevitable battles, and start living with real confidence. And I think that that puts into words what I'm kind of trying to say to you. I think that hope is a great thing. But I think a lot of times we have blind hope and blind faith and just, you know, like we we just hope that the other side won't attack. And I think like you're saying, like, no, it, it will. <laughs> it totally will. And it's OK that right now you don't have like an exact plan of what's going to happen or what you're going to do when that does happen. I think that's amazing that you first acknowledged that it is a when. it's like yeah it is gonna come back up again but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm gonna like fall back into that if you know what I mean but that does take some like preparation like again no war is ever won by only hoping that the other side wouldn't attack so anyway that would be I guess I don't know that's just kind of like my advice and and thoughts on that because I thought that was super interesting the way that you phrased that
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So did you, so I asked, what would you say to yourself? And then what would you say to maybe one of your friends if they came to you and they said, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this. You're the only person I've ever told. Please help me. <laughs> what, what, what do you say to that person? I would probably say that, like, you, you don't have to feel like you are, like, you're disgusting. Like, that something that you did was, like, that's terrible. I probably would say that, like, I would say that she's not alone. And, like, I think that's knowing that you're not alone and that you have so many other people have, like, gone through what you're going through right now is very important because I feel like viewing pornography can be very isolating and lonely. And definitely, like, like, if you're still struggling with it, just take small steps you don't have to like i don't know you don't you don't have to be so yeah you don't hard on yourself and like yeah you know i don't know yeah no i think that's perfect i think like so many times we just try to like we're like that's it we're done cut it out cold turkey but you're right it does take small steps and that's how you create a total lasting change it it takes a lot of patience yeah I think that's so good okay and then before I ask the last question actually another question came to my mind what do you feel like right now at this point in your life what do you feel like God wants to say to you I don't know like I feel like he would say that like I don't know better times are coming I don't really know whatever he wants to say (laughs) (laughs) all right fair enough well I think that he would say that he's proud of you and that he loves you and that he has a lot in store for you that you just don't even know bro you just (laughs) don't even know okay final question what keeps you today on the front lines in the war against pornography. Why even care? Like, there are so many people out there that are just like, well, yeah, porn is normal. Everyone looks at it. I mean, it's so readily available and it makes us feel so good. Of course we're going to view it. So why be on the opposite side of that? Personally, I think, I feel like it just, it's not the path that I want to go down. Like, I feel like it just made me feel horrible about myself. Yeah. And I feel like no one should feel that. And, and I don't know. I, I just kind of felt like I needed a change, you know? I needed yeah. them to get out of that habit. And that was just, like, so, like, it was consuming my life, bro. Yeah. It's just, like. Yeah, there's so much, so many better things to live for and so much life to be experienced that, like, to have something like that consuming your life, that's really hard to, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so good. Do you have any final thoughts? No, not really. Okay. Okay, well, I guess that is the conclusion of our podcast, our sisters on the front lines <laughs> podcast. Literally, <laughs> literally. But yeah, thanks so much, Finley, for joining me. 
and I think that was awesome, and I'm so proud of you, and again, if you guys didn't hear at the beginning, Finley is 14. She's in eighth grade. Like, for her to have the courage and the guts to come on and talk about this, I think is just amazing, and so, yeah, I'm super proud of her, very proud to call her my sister, and... I just think that she's awesome, and I am sure, and I really hope that you guys do too. And if you don't, please don't tell me, because then I will have to kill you. Oh my god! <laughs> just simple, simple as that. Oh my gosh! This was supposed to be a positive podcast, and it is I positive. will have to kill you. What? Well, yeah. I mean, they can threaten me all they want, but uh, just kidding. No, everyone she, she is won't very. Do that, actually. No, don't speak, don't put words in my mouth. (laughs) We've got a dad for that. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) we're going to end it now. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. (laughs) All right, and to everyone listening, keep up the good fight on the front lines, and we will see you next episode. All right, bye.